You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey there, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Earth Station One podcast, or as I like to say, Happy New Year, everybody! This is the first episode of 2021. We have put 2020 to behind us, and we've stepped on it. We've jumped on it. We've gone, go away, get out of here, 2020. And you know what? It is so sunny and beautiful on the other side. Actually, not really. It's been pretty much same old, same old, but... It's good to be in a new year, something fresh. And now we get to look back at ridicule that year from before. So it's going to be great. And we'd love to hear everybody's thoughts on your experiences with 2020. So we are putting 2020 into the geek seat. That's right, folks. We are going <laughs> to rip it up. We're going to strap it down. We are going to put a ball gag in its mouth. And you know what? We're going to bring We're going to bring out the gimp. It'll be cool. Mr. Mike Gordon is here. Howdy. You ready? You ready to put the geek seat on, you know, basically putting a whole year into it? 2020? Yeah. The, you know, 2020 put us through the ringer. So now it's time for us to put 2020 in the ringer. You know what? I say f- that year. Um, 2020 was a, uh, a year that, yes, we're all going to remember. Uh, and not necessarily in a good way. So this is oh, a, no. this is a strange, this is a strange year end uh, episode, but um, probably one of the weirdest ones we've ever done. Cause it's one of the weirdest years we've ever had. Oh yeah. It definitely has been a strange year. It, you know, when we were talking about 2020 at the end of 2019, we were so optimistic, so happy. It was like, oh, we got so much coming our way. We got all these cons. We got all these things. And you know what? I am not going to curse it with saying 2021. Let's just take it as it comes. It's going to be a good year for all of us. And fingers crossed, we are able to return to some kind of normalcy. That's what we're all hoping for. Amen. So we got some great people here, as you could hear already, that we have some great guests to join us for our panel tonight. We have, of course, joining us, Keith Johnson. Hello, everybody. How's it going? And looking forward to a much, much, much better 2021. Yes. And we're going to actually mention your big news about your new project you have working awesome. at, the, at the end of the show. Okay. So... So good to have you with us, Keith. Thank you, sir. We also have returning with us, Ashley Pauls. Hello. I have never been more happy to see a, a year passing by in my rearview mirror. So like others have said, hopefully 2021 is a much better experience with more movies and fun geek stuff. Oh, very much so. And, you know, it's nice to see you out of bed finally. I know. I am now COVID clear. So 2021 is already off to a good start. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people were writing us, was Ashley really in bed last week? <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> I'm sitting so. at a desk, so. <laughs> yeah, you do have a fan club, my dear. Oh, well, so it's, oh, uh, well there awesome. you go. Well, I'm 
thanks to everyone who thought about me and sent me nice messages, family and friends. And it's nice to be sitting at a desk again and kind of getting back to normal life. Oh, yes. And speaking of normal life, coming from us live from the airlock, we have returning to the show, author Bobby Nash. Hey, so good to be out here breathing fresh, clean air. Well, you know, everywhere I look on TV now, I think you've been popping up. So you've been kind of like sneaking away from the airlock. I think you've been leaving JD, you know, all to his own. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, it's been nice. And and hey, I just noticed we, we've got our first dollar in the swear jar for this year. So we're off to a good start. Exactly. You know, <laughs> yeah. I was able to buy my new Subaru actually from last season, you know, so. Well, you know, now that with with this with, in the station here on the station now, we have social distancing. So Bobby can't share the same airlock with JD. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Get our own airlocks now. It's really nice. And mm-hmm, you know. exactly. You know, we even put a desk in there for Bobby to write. So it's pretty cool. Yes. Now, if I'd have known that the option of doing this from my bed was open, I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should all do one episode ESO from bed. You know, I think that's good. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't think anybody's really the, asking. The ESO that. pajama party. We're all in. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's, no one's, we're not going to get any new patrons that way. Oh, okay. Good point. Good point. But speaking of that, you know, definitely, you know, thank you for the segue there, Mr. Mike. We want to big, do a big, big shout out to all our patrons. Want to say thank you to everyone who has in 2020 supported the ESO network. And it's it's always great to be able to have our patrons join us. And you know what? It's you guys who keep the lights on. It's you guys who, you know, get special episodes. And we actually have a brand new patron we want to say howdy to. Let's, of course, say hi to Heather Stevenson. Thank you for supporting the ESO Network Patron Society. I like that, the ESO Network Patreon Society. I think that's a very formal way of saying thank you, everybody. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> Sounds so you classy. Two- it does, doesn't it? The ESO yeah. Patreon Society. Wow. I think we just came up with a new name right there. Wow. Okay, right on the spot. So definitely, for a little as a dollar a month, you can support the ESO Network. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash ESO Network. And while you're at it, you know, we know you guys are listening to us right now because we'd just be talking into vaporware if we weren't having people listen to us thank you thank you for listening and tell all your friends tell all your neighbors and of course if you haven't yet please subscribe to our show we are up on apple podcasts we are up on google podcasts we are everywhere you could think of we're even on amazon and no i do have my you know Basically, I have said my, you know, New Year's resolution. I wouldn't tell Alexa to do what she needs to do with, but you can hear us on Alexa now. We are both available on Amazon Music and Audible. You can hear us also on Pandora. You could also hear us on Stitcher and Spotify. So pretty much anywhere you could think of, we are there. So pretty awesome. You know, it's great to do that. You know, of course, we always ask if you can, please rate the show and leave us feedback. Feedback is how people find us. So definitely, you know, they find us and go, hey, that's pretty awesome. This seems like a great podcast. Or, oh, my God, they must have had a really off night when this person just gave them one star. You know, something like that. Or either that or Ashley was out of bed or something like that. So you never know. So 
we'll see what happens with that. But definitely, thank you, thank you for everyone who has subscribed. Also, before we get going, I want to give a quick shout-out to our sponsor for this week. That's right, folks. Tofosi Optics. Tofosi Optical, you can get a really pretty awesome pair of sunglasses. Tofosi Optical is so amazing. You can get a custom-made pair of sunglasses to the colors you want for not just the lenses and the frames. It's pretty awesome. And they're not expensive at all, folks. You can get a good pair of sunglasses for about 30 bucks. And you know what? If you put in ESO Network into the coupon code, you can get a really cool pair of glasses with 10% off your whole order. And that helps also support ESO. So it's great. You can get sunglasses. You can get gamer glasses. You can even get safety glasses. And you can get a safety shield. It all depends what you just want. So all you have to do, tofosioptics.com, folks. Check it out. All right, Mr. Mike. We've been goofing off for too long. It's time for the Geek Seat. Time for the Geek Seat. Time to put 2020 in the Geek Seat. It was, uh, like I said before, and everybody listening knows, it was a crazy year. And, uh, you know, just a note before we uh, start uh, deciding or letting you know, revealing our our moments, our geek out moments. Um, You know, certainly um, we're going to acknowledge right off the bat that COVID happened. There's a pandemic, you know, and we don't certainly want to make light of that. Over over 86 million people across the world were infected uh, over 1.8 million deaths that I mean, it was crazy. And certainly going into like a year ago, we had no idea what was in front of us. Uh, So um, it just goes to show you, you never know what can happen ever um, in this life. So, um, but despite that, despite the, all the things that happened that were negative, there were uh, a lot of great things that happened. A lot of geeky things uh, happened, even though we couldn't physically get together there was a lot of, uh, you know, Zoom became like a thing, <laughs> like like a huge thing. Um, and Zoom allowed uh, programs like Zoom, not just Zoom, but Zoom and other programs um, allowed folks to to get together uh, either, you know, uh, virtually. So whether you use it for a reunion or just a meeting or just a, a hangout, uh, watching movies together, um, sharing experiences, having conventions we got to do that through, you know, virtual um, uh, communities. So that's that was pretty positive, I think, that came out of this. Um, so so there were moments. Uh, we also got a lot of like, despite the fact that there wasn't a lot of um, new products allowed in the theaters and whatnot. Um, you know, there was a lot of things streaming, some things that uh, we would not expect to be some things streamed early than uh, we would have got them before. And we had a, a lot of us had, so we had a lot of time on our hands suddenly to enjoy more things uh, st- streaming wise. So, so yeah, I'm really curious to, to hear what you guys uh, picked for some of your favorite geek out moments. Um, Ashley, we're going to start with you for your favorite geek out moment of the year. I think this is the first time that my favorite geek out moment of the year is not a movie. Movies are my favorite geek storytelling medium. So usually that's what I'm most looking forward to in the year, my highlight of the year. But 
like as we've said, there weren't a lot to go see in theaters this year. So my favorite uh, geek highlight was actually a TV show, and I'm sure this will come as a surprise to no one, but I'm going to pick The Mandalorian Season 2. And I really enjoyed the first season of Mandalorian, but it wasn't necessarily my favorite Star Wars thing, but the second season really connected with me. I thought they did a great job expanding the epic scale of the show, and to me, the finale was just near perfect. I was so excited to see what Jedi would in would end up answering Grogu's call and when I saw the X-Wing flying and it's like no it's not Luke Skywalker so I'm pretty sure my husband could hear me screaming from the basement because I was so excited when Luke Skywalker showed up and just great to see him and then the surprise little teaser that we'll be getting a Boba Fett show and I think that looks really cool and interesting and then just a great blend I think of action and emotional moments seeing the Mandalorian say goodbye to Grogu and that family bond they came to share. So I'm just super excited to see where the show goes in the upcoming third season. And it was nice to have some streaming things like that to look forward to with theaters being closed. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we should have made a a point to let everybody know there's probably going to be some spoilers when we discuss things. So that's true. Yes. If you haven't (laughs) seen the final episode of the Mandalorian, I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, I mean, a lot of that news broke out like two hours after it happened, but, um, and people were spoiling, but just to know, like, if you haven't seen a lot of stuff, especially the big things from, uh, 2020, um, you know, you might just want to, uh, I can't say cover your ears, but you know, uh, just take it, take it with a grain of salt. Cause we will be like spoiling some things, especially some moments that happened, some moments that were either unexpected or that caused us to geek out. And certainly the finale for the Mandalorian was, was way up there. Um, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna piggyback off that. Cause that's, it's, it's, I can't argue with that. Like I tried, I was thinking like of all these moments that I had during and granted, um, you know, as listeners know, my memory is not what it was once was once, uh, was what it once was, um, and uh, neither are my speech patterns actually. Um, and uh, um, so, actually, during this, you know, while I was thinking about trying, you know, these topics or whatever that happened over the last year, um, you know, it, I, I fully expect uh, either Mike or Bobby to at least uh, say at one point, "Oh, what about this? I thought you were going to say that." Um, because I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I forgot." Um, so, <laughs> but no, the Mandalorian, um, you know giving us a live action Ahsoka Tano, giving us uh, a return of Boba Fett, giving us um, a, a, a other Mandalorians, um, seeing uh, some, some characters from the Clone Wars uh, and from uh, Rebels uh, live action as well. Um, and and doing it in a way that just it was story driven. It wasn't just stunts, right? They just they were satisfying because they earned those. Um, and then coming up with a really interesting conclusion, quote unquote, to um, uh, the story of uh, at least of uh, Groku or Baby Yoda, as he probably will still be known as. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I would, uh, the more I was thinking about it, um, the only thing that comes close in my mind and is also Disney plus Star Wars related is the Clone Wars final season that we got. Um, seeing mm-hmm. um, the Battle of Mandalore um, with Ahsoka and, uh, you know, what happened with Order, what's it called? Order 66, is that right? Order 66. Yeah, uh, seeing that through her eyes um was amazing and the way that that ended and allowing them to end that show 
Um, so Dave Filoni is right there at the top of my like giving me geek moments, geek out moments this year. Um, yeah, who would who would have thought a cartoon would make me cry? Oh, for <laughs> sure, yeah, so powerful. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't, you know, after um, you know that that uh, amazing epic storyline when in Rebels when you had Ahsoka and Darth Maul and Darth Vader all kind of converging on one location and them really pulling that off that together that that story. I didn't think that anything could top that because that was like, I mean, that's as big as you can get. Right. But you know, uh, Clone Wars proved me wrong and Mandalorian proved me wrong as much as, as you said, Ashley, as much as I enjoyed the first season, this season had a lot of callbacks, but they were again, story driven and I felt earned. So um, it's very difficult for me to uh, argue with that. Um, Keith, what about you? Uh, I think for me, if we're talking about like a, a show or a movie or an event that that really got to me this year, there was some there was a movie that came out on limited release in theaters. Of course, everything is limited release in theaters now, but then came to Apple TV Plus, and that's a movie called Wolfwalkers. And Wolfwalkers is by a group called Cartoon Saloon, who were also responsible for an animated film from a few years ago called The Secret of Kells that you may have seen. And another one called The Breadwinner, which is a story about a, a young girl in the Middle East who has to try to pretend to be a boy so she can earn money because her father has been taken away by the Taliban. And they also did one that came out just a couple of years ago called Song of the Sea. And Cartoon Saloon is an outfit out of Ireland. And every of their four projects they've put out, every one of them has been nominated for an Oscar so far, which is an amazing kind of record, you know, from the first to the most recent one. And in a year where you have, in a place where you have domination by, of course, Disney Pixar, where you have movies like Soul, which is another really big thing that came out, and you have movies like Inside Out and so forth. One thing I like about Cartoon Saloon is they still do what we call 2D animation. They don't do the CGI. They do 2D. They use certain programs to make it look like it's hand-drawn. But like Miyazaki, uh, they still do the old-school animation. And more, what I like more about it is when they put something out, I don't know where it's going. You don't know anything about where this is going because they put out what they basically called a loosely Celtic or Irish folklore trilogy. Secret of Kells deals about a, a famous mythological book in Irish history. Song of the Sea is about a thing called a Selkie, which is a girl who can is basically a, a were-being, but in this case, the were-being is a seal in a human, not a werewolf. And Wolfwalkers is about a, a race of people who can become wolves. When you sleep, your body, you, you transform to a wolf while your body lies is asleep. And then in the daytime, you're a walking human. And they have just, they, they do legends that I've never seen before. And they do it in a part of the world I don't know a whole lot about when it comes to some of the Irish folklore. And they do this traditional 2D animation, which is just lush. And it, it is so beautiful. It, it literally is something like uh, Miyazaki, like Studio Ghibli would put out. And as much as I love the things from Pixar and as much as I love the things that come from those outfits, it is always just wonderful to me to see something that is traditional old school 2D animation. I, I am beyond frustrated how America is abandoning 2D animation, at least on the big screen. You have to go to Netflix nowadays really to find a lot of 2D animation. It, it, it really disturbs me because to me, that kind of animation is the most basic and you can do so much with it. And you don't have to deal with the uncanny valley when you're doing you know, 2D animation. So Wolfwalkers is something that I was looking forward to all year. Almost nobody knows about this film. Almost nobody's heard about it. 
it is beautiful. It is lush. It has amazing music and it just, it makes me feel good. And it just reminds me there are still those who kind of hew to the old ways. So when that came out, it actually made me even get a, a, a seven day trial for Apple TV because I, I, you know, I'm, I'm still streamed out with all these streamers. There are days I'm cursing. I'm thinking, my gosh, I got to pick up another one just to see this thing. But it was good enough. And I was so, I was so an, uh, anxious about it that I actually picked up Apple TV for that. And if you haven't seen it, I would absolutely recommend just looking at it. Now just go online and just look at the trailer for Wolf Walkers. And I think you'll be captivated about it. So that was my moment of the year when that was released. Yeah, man, that's a that you blew my mind with that. Um, I, I have Apple TV and mm-hmm. I've only used it for a few things, mm-hmm. but now I'm going to definitely add that to my queue because I think I was thinking the other day. I'm like, mm, do I really need this? So yeah. um, before I let it go, I'll, I'll check that out. Yeah, definitely check that out. At least it, it's gorgeous. I mean, it, it's it's heartachingly gorgeous. It'll I think it'll blow you away with the music and characterizations. And everything you're telling me about uh, the way they uh, handle story and everything, I know you and I both have mutual respect for Studio Leica. Um, yes, and what they and what they do, and yes. it, everything you were saying is like, yeah, that's in my wheelhouse because that's exactly what I love about that studio. That's exactly right. As a matter of fact, if you like Kubo and the Two Strings, you'll like Wolfwalkers or anything else from Cartoon Saloon. So definitely I recommend. love Kubo and the Two Strings. Me too. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I absolutely love so, that. <laughs> so excellent, excellent. Uh, uh, all right, Bobby, what about you? Well, for me, uh, my favorite moments were we got a lot of returning characters, a lot of returning people, a lot of returning shows or return return to universes. We've obviously we've talked about Star Wars with the Mandalorian. Um, you know, Disney had quite a number of announcements of, of returning Star Wars characters and Marvel and very similarly with returning characters and new projects. And, you know, man, that announced, I was like, a, I was like, a, it was like geek holiday for me because those announcements all came at one day, you know, it was almost too much. It was like an overload at, at some point, but, you know, I, but I, it reminded me too about all the, you know, why I love these things and every new trailer, every new announcement, it was just, I was more and more excited and we were living in an age of revivals and revisitings of of old characters and and old shows and 2020 did that quite a bit actually this was the year we had kevin conroy playing returning as batman in live action for the first time in the crisis vincent earth crossover right uh this was the year that saw the returns of jean-luc picard William Riker, Deanna Troy, Luke Skywalker, Boba Fett. We could probably go on and on, but it was like revisiting all these old friends. And every time I saw one of them or got to experience one of these characters that I grew up loving come back, it was just a wonderful feeling, especially in a year that was so difficult. These were, it was very much Mm -hmm. a revisiting old friends kind of feeling. And that's the power the power I think of storytelling and creating these characters. You, you know, people do fall in love with these characters, you know, even characters you love to hate, you still, you, you feel for them. And so being it's, it's very comforting to revisit them in, in tough times. It's so I, I think it's one of the reasons why every, anytime there's a reboot announced uh, people, there's a lot of mm-hmm. blowback because people you're, you're basically somebody is out there negating what you love. Yeah. Right. But, it, but also too, but we're but with, mm-hmm. especially now that there are so many 
entertainment options in terms of channels and streaming services and all that. I see these people that are bringing back older shows with, with the same people, not rebooting them, just like we're going to pick it mm-hmm. up 20 years later and see what they've been up to. And some have worked better than others, but it's still, it's, it's, you know, um, I ran across one. I, I didn't actually know about this one. Apparently, um, one of the streamers did a 20 year later reunion of the mad about you show. And I ran across mm-hmm. that. I like, I had no idea. And it was, it just picked up with them 20 years mm-hmm. later. So it was nice to see characters you knew, you know, down the road. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Nostalgia works. <laughs> <laughs> it just does. And it, and it yes. pays. Um, uh, <laughs> and that leads right into mine. So it's perfect. All right, Mike. True geek out moment was crisis on infinite earths on TV. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And to see them and they, they touched on everything. They touched on the movies. They touched on all the different worlds, what was happening. They, you know, they even touched Titans and they touched Doom Patrol. They touched, you know, all the way across. We had a meeting of the two flashes. Yes. That was the, you know, the biggest thing in the world. It's like when they saw that and Barry was in the Speed Force and he ended up meeting the Flash from the Justice League movie. It was just like, Three, exactly. three Superman, three Superman. Exactly. There were three Supermen. Yeah. That's right. And you know, you got to see the folks from Smallville. You got to see the folks from you know. You even saw what was it, Birds of Prey. It was, it was just amazing to see. And like you had mentioned before, seeing Kevin Conroy as as Bruce Wayne, and it it was really well done. And you even got to see the Superman from the movie, you know, Superman Returns. So it was – there was just some great, great – They had moment. a hard time getting that act. Yeah. Oh, I know. You know, he doesn't do anything with <laughs> and, the crowd and everything. Yeah. And, of course, the biggie, you know, Burt Ward, you know, as Robin was mm-hmm. a nice little – nice little nod. And oh, so yeah. it was fun. It was a lot of fun. They did a great, great job on it. And it was interesting though because, you know, I always like said – you had, you know, some very limited things, you know, because there's not a ton as, you know, in the comics, Crisis was all these different worlds, hundreds and hundreds of heroes and everything, where you had a handful of heroes for the DCU that they have on TV or the CW-verse, whatever you want to call it. But you also got the introduction of Stargirl. And quickly, Stargirl became my favorite uh, CW show. Without a doubt, because for me, you know, being a golden age superhero fan, this is a total nod to that. And it was just it was a blast. And so I was geeking out every time they said, oh, Dr. Fate, The Flash, Green Lantern, Our Man, Wildcat, you know, and it was just like, you know, Starman. It was just like, oh, this is just great, you know, and everything. And you're only going to get more of that. The rumor coming is that uh, around mid-April, you're going to get the new season of Stargirl. So, and that's going to be coming. So, uh, yeah, they're they're filming now. I do know they're filming now. So, yeah, because they film down south of the city, I think. Mm-hmm. Interesting so. thing, Mike. I think about what you're saying about the crisis. I think is really cool. Is uh, Brandon Routh? Is it Routh or Ruth? Yep. How you pronounce his name? Routh. Brandon Routh. 
I like him as an actor and I like him as a person. I've listened to a lot of interviews with him and he has, he has basically, he's a really nice guy and he has basically been hurt, uh, you know, frustrated by what happened to him after the movie Superman returns. Mm-hmm. And of course how he was treated in legends of tomorrow. So to your point with the crisis, it was nice for them to bring him in, and a Superman and give him some kind of treatment. Cause I don't love Superman returns as a movie, but it was one of those where those who like the movie like it and those who hate it, they kind of give him a, some grief. Almost like, well, he was bland. He wasn't a great actor. He was too young for the role. And it really wasn't him. It was all the stuff around it. You know, it was the studio. It was the plot that some people don't oh, love, course. including me, yeah. you know? So it's great that he got that treatment again. Oh, it was. And he was at, uh, he was at Dragon Con not that long ago. Okay. And he, everyone who met him, said he was mm-hmm. a pretty amazing person and yeah. he was friendly personable and i wouldn't have expected anything else what you see up on the screen that is the person you got and that's pretty absolutely. awesome absolutely so i was happy for him for that he deserved better and i'm glad he got mm-hmm. that at least absolutely it's pretty awesome good awesome Awesome. Well, um, before we get to negative things, I just wanted to quickly say and uh, uh, that the finale for Good Place was amazing. And that is going to be that's listed as one of my all time favorite shows. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and, and the premise of that, the ending was really like, how are they going to end this in a satisfying way? Because this is crazy. Um they really put a lot on themselves and they nailed it. I can't even imagine. So credit to Mike Shore and company for um, uh, coming up with a, an amazing series that, you know, um, as Ashley pointed out, um, you know, this year we need all the good stuff we can get and the good place is good stuff. You fork and better believe it. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So let's flip to the bad place. Let's flip <laughs> to moments of disappointment, uh, geek out wise. Uh, so this would be regarding, uh, you know, movies or television shows or storylines. Um, we'll start with you, Keith. What, uh, what was your most disappointing geek out moment? My most disappointing moment of the year was it's a weird one. It's not a specific movie. It's not a specific TV show. It was a move. It was a decision made, which some people love, but I just decry. And that was basically the demise of DC Universe and the animated content in favor of it turning into a comic book only. You know, we have so many streamers now. There's HBO, there's HBO Max, there's Netflix, Hulu, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm getting to the point where I'm really having to watch my money and what I pay out for. And DC Universe for me was fantastic. I got in on the deal. I was paying maybe five or six bucks a month for it. And it had everything I wanted, everything. The Justice League cartoons, the Batman cartoons, Batmanion, Superman, Flash movies, the entire DC animated universe movies. And Young, yes, Justice. Young Justice, Batman, the Brave oh, and the Bold. So good. And I actually was watching it more than I was watching Disney+. Plus. And I was I was happy. It was affordable, like, you know, five or six bucks a month. And even though people when they the rumors came up about it going to HBO, this is weird. There's so much stuff I'm watching. I didn't really care about HBO and I didn't care about HBO Max. So when they folded and they moved everything to HBO Max, I've been looking for the last couple of weeks. They did not move everything over to HBO Max. All those movies and a lot of those animated shows, I don't know where they're going to go. But for me, it was heaven. I understand what's going on. Again, I understand the realities of streaming, but that was literally my most disappointing 
movement of all of 2020 in terms of entertainment is the demise of the DC universe app as a place for cartoons and movies and some of the series that I loved. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Good call there. Uh, Bobby, what about you? Uh, well, you know, I got on social media and I said something like, I liked this and you know, uh, it was all downhill from there. Um, <laughs> um, you know, uh, yeah, I would agree definitely with the the demise of the DCU. I was enjoying revisiting a lot of the old animated series I had enjoyed and catching up on some of the animated movies I had missed. Um, but also but keeping it in the in a DC frame of mind, um I, I was very disappointed to hear that Ruby Rose was exiting the Batwoman. That was on my honorable mention. I thought, yeah. she, I thought she was excellent as the character. I thought she was just starting to find her, find her, her stride. Uh, so I'm, I don't know what's going to happen with the show after that, but, uh, but that was a big one. And then, and then obviously some of the other DC uh, CW shows are ending, mm-hmm. you know, like we, it's been announced since that, you know, um, black lightning is ending, which was one of my, it and star Wars were probably my two favorites. They were probably the best written of any of them. Um, and you know, obviously arrow ended and, um, something else is ending. Supergirl. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I knew one of them was in. Yes. So Supergirl ending. Um, so these are, you know, and these are shows that I enjoyed. I, I enjoyed, mo- you know, the CW shows, uh, all for various different reasons. So there was a lot of that that's ending. And so I'm curious to see what they're going to do next. Yeah, Absolutely. Mike, what about you? More DC bashing? <laughs> no, actually. Um, well, all the TV and movie shows that I usually watch put on hold because of COVID. You know, you know, we got a lot of that. But I was able to explore a lot of other things. So it's kind of a, you know, good versus the bad. Because st- if I would be normally watching all, like, the DC shows, like, on CW and you know, some of the other series that we watched that we didn't get, though, for the fall and such, you know, this enabled me to watch Titans, Doom Patrol, and, you know, a lot of other stuff, Better Call Saul, Fargo, you know, all these other shows that I've wanted to watch over the years. Now I have the opportunity to. I have no excuse not to and everything. So it's pretty awesome with that part. So... Yeah, but I know what you're saying, especially since the the break the 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 lockdown caused a lot of shows to have to stop like towards the end of their right. run. So now they have to do a new season and they have to follow up with old storyline, you know, Before and some of those are going to yeah, be not exactly. as nicely Yeah. Yeah, they're not going to be as nicely put and as nicely uh, maybe detailed as they would have been because they're anxious to get to the new season of material. And some of the actors may not be available. So um, they're going to have to change. A lot of the showrunners are going to have to change how those storylines were going to exactly. end originally. And, it, and some things might be rushed and everything like that, you know, because, you know, because, you know, certain things like, you know, episode counts might be cut or certain things like that. And it's just like, right. what are we going to do? type thing yep and plus there's the startup and shutdown you know if one person on the cast or crew comes down with covid everything shows exactly and 
And so there's a lot of shows that come back and they film for a week, then they're down for two weeks. They come back and film for a week. And, you know, so there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot, as you mentioned, there's a lot of cast members using this as an opportunity to get out of shows or to limit, you know, limit their, what they'll appear on a show. You know, so there is a lot of that. And, and, and they're getting, you see a lot more people talking to each other over screens and shows that Mm -hmm. have come out since. It's just that in the past, when shows have had to be interrupted for some reason, a strike or something like that, it's hard to get their footing back. Um, we've seen that happen again and again and again. So uh, particularly if it's the CW, DC shows, um, it'll be interesting to see how they cope with that coming back. Um, Ashley, what about you? What, uh, what was a disappointing geek out moment for you? I would say probably my most disappointing was not being able to attend my regional uh, Comic Con event. My dad and I have a tradition. We go every year together. We usually cosplay, and we both had some new costumes we were looking forward to debuting. He had a really cool Star Trek costume with a bunch of fun accessories, and I had a dark ray costume that I had made with a new lightsaber. And then, of course, that was canceled. So that was really hard. Going to Comic Cons and cosplaying is a really important part of my geek experience. And I love that camaraderie of just being together with all the cool creative geekiness, seeing what people cosplay as. And I really felt a lack of that in my life this year, and especially since it's a cool tradition for my dad and I to do together. So hopefully, who knows about 2021, but looking forward to hopefully sometime not in the too far future where we can get a chance to wear those costumes and go out in public again. I think it'll be even more special when we do get to go back, but definitely not being able to go to that annual comic con experience was hard for me. Yeah, hard for all of us. I think, um, I mean, speaking of myself, yeah, that's, that was definitely on my list. I'll probably talk more about that a little bit later, but, um, that's that I would I'm right there with you. I mean, I miss going to conventions. I mean, as many as we were going to two or three a month, if 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 not more. And to have that just suddenly end uh, very, very weird. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's like it's because it's weird to think about it, too. It's like Mike and Mike and myself, the three of us have not been in the room in the same room together. in wow. a year. Yeah. yeah. And that's very unusual because we were always, you know, at the same events and whatnot. So the fact that the three of us have not been in the same room together in 12 months is just odd. Yeah. But understandable. Um, You know, I mean, it's one of those. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of those things that uh, we I can't wait to get back to as well. Um, For my most disappointing uh, geek out moment, uh, you know, I thought about this and uh, I hate to get on a bandwagon, especially when we've already been dashing, uh, bashing DC a bit. But uh, more I think about it, the more I'm just disappointed by Wonder Woman 1984. Um, I liked it more than most, which is weird, you know, because uh, there's a lot of people that are out there really like kicking this horse when it's down. Um, And I hate to pile on, but the fact of the matter is, is that this was the movie I was looking forward to the most. And uh, although I liked a lot of it and I thought it was ambitious, it I'm really disappointed um, by not just the end result, but um, it calls into question the creative, the creative people behind it. Um, You know, because I really trusted Patty Jenkins to give me something much better than this. Uh, been much better than what we got. So going into the third one, now I have questions <laughs> and I have, and I have concerns. Uh, so it not just, I'm not just disappointed for this movie, 
but I'm disappointed going forward. Like I'm now I'm wondering what it's going to be like going forward. So, um, I mean, I get it. You know, I've, I've been a Wonder Woman fan for almost my entire life in some form and her story, like it's hard to get a good Wonder Woman story. Like, you know, I've read many in the comic that have been okay, mediocre at best. Uh, very, every once in a while, a great one comes along and, every, and it's not often. And because uh, she's a hard character to yeah. write for. But man, they, they have to do better. They what have do you to think do was the, the reasoning for that? Because I, I was listening to someone else on, um, recently rev- uh, review the movie and the guy said, it was a guy, he said, this movie is not for me because it didn't just have a 1980s look. It had 1980s sensibilities. And he felt it was too much 80s for him. And he was saying that it was such a jarring shift from a World War I kind of serious tone from the first movie to 1984 where it's like they kind of almost played up the um the, the kitschiness of night of the 80s and so what do you think was the reasoning for that why did they want to go that route it'll be really interesting to see like I, i've been reading you know, some interviews with patty jenkins and obviously right now she's not acting like anything's wrong um so <laughs> right i mean everything i mean she's done everything she set out to do um but uh, it'll be interesting analysis wise going forward, you know, um, to see what, where some mistakes were made. Um, but the bottom line is uh, no matter what the reason behind it was, the bottom line is the script was, was not ready mm-hmm. to be filmed and, uh, and they went ahead and did it anyway. And I think, I think she had some lofty goals. I think she had some ambitious ideas, but ultimately they just didn't come together Um and uh, even people who liked the movie have to admit that, you know, it didn't come together because obviously a lot of people didn't get it. Right. So and it get the, the first movie cast such a big shadow. Right. So it's hard to follow that up. And it's a, definitely a sophomore slump. And uh, I wasn't expecting another, you know, 10 for 10, you know, 10 stars movie. But I was not I was expecting better than this. I was mm. expecting better than this. Um, so, so yes, a lot of DC dis- coming in tw- coming in twenty twenty two to HBO Max, the Jenkins cut. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, DC now stands for disappointment, <laughs> disappointing comics, uh, wow. and that's not even uh, you know talking about talking about like you know what Warner Brothers and AT and T have done to that whole department too has been. Uh, and what they've done to comic shops this past season has been a nightmare as well. So there's a lot of, uh, we could continue bashing DC, but we're not going to, we're going to take a break. And when we back, we're going to have some more positive things to say about 2020. That's great. It starts with an earthquake, birds and snakes, an airplane. Lenny Bruce is not afraid. Hey everybody and happy new year. We made it to 2021. This is Michelle with an iconic rock talk show moment. And I wish you a happy list season. Uh, first couple of weeks of the new year, you always get, uh, wherever you look, wherever you listen, the top 5, 10, 2025, 20, 50, 100, best and worst, whatever it happens to be of the year. And I don't have a list of songs or albums, but just some thoughts on the ups and downs of 2020. Um, one of the downs, the year, what can you say? Um with the pandemic, uh, live music became a memory for most of us, and um, with that came the loss of a lot of music venues, most of them local ones, um, 
supporting local artists and making live music accessible to thousands of people. And every year you lose artists that are important to you. Um, and the pandemic made that worse this year. Um, but on the positive side, in December, uh, in the United States, when the uh, Stimulus Act was passed, part of that was the Save Our Stages Act. It will provide billions of dollars in grants to um, theaters, music venues, cultural institutions, as well as promoters and agents and people who keep the music industry running. Um, so hopefully in 2021 we'll be able, whenever we get to the new normal, uh, to see live music and cultural events again. And music didn't stop. It's still there. Um, a lot of great albums were released this year. Um, artists found ways to stream um, virtual performances, do things online. Um, so while we're waiting to get back to normal, we'll be able to to see and hear artists and hopefully things will look uh, a little more busy and more like what we're used to as we get into 2021. It won't be right away, but uh, hopefully there's light at the end of the tunnel. Um, at the blog at uh, esonetwork.com, if you go to the Iconic Rock Talk Show blog section, I have put together just a quick list of some of the best and worst lists of the year. Check them out and see where your favorite albums of the year and songs uh, ended up. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Attention, people of Earth. Looking for a way to kill half an hour every week? Try the Flopcast. It's a silly podcast about cartoons, music, comics, movies, obscure pop culture from the 70s and 80s, and chickens. Join us. Bring coffee. We're on the ESO network. And we're at Flopcast.net. We are back, and we are going to be looking, we're back looking at the good stuff, uh, the positive stuff of 2020, uh, mainly our favorite characters. Uh, these can be real, or they can be fictional characters that we ran across in 2020 uh, for the first time. Uh, Ashley, what is uh, one of your favorite characters, or your favorite character from the year? So probably my favorite character from the year is David Rose from Schitt's Creek. And really, I could give a shout out to that whole cast because it's full of so many crazy, wonderful characters. But he was my favorite in particular just because it was fun to see his journey. Like he starts out on this totally clueless, privileged, rich person who doesn't know anything about regular life. But then he goes to this little dinky town and through the end, he becomes a better person. Like he starts a business, he finds love. He really becomes a part of this community. And it was really fun to see his journey throughout the show. So I liked it because he made me laugh and also again, moved me in some really emotional moments. So he was definitely my favorite character from that show. I'll put it out there that Patrick and David are pretty much the best couple of 2020. They were so nice, just like 
Patrick is such a sweetheart. Just he's yeah. a good guy. Mm-hmm. And it's it seemed real, and that's what yes. was the that's what was great about it. I think that's what really stands out about that show is that as much zany comedy happens, the characters you really care about them, like they feel like real people, and they really do grow and learn and become good people by the end of the show. I, I haven't seen the show. Do is it um, is that character played by um, any particular actor? Uh, Dan Levy, I believe, is the name of the actor, who's Eugene Levy's son. Oh wow! Okay, you, that's cool. You'll recognize him because of the eyebrows. <laughs> and his expressions are so wonderful. Pretty much um, any chats with friends in 2020, like there's a Shit's Creek gif for that um, situation. So Dave, David is great for those reaction gifts. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Uh, Bobby Nash, who is your favorite character of 2020? I actually had it down to two, but since they're both played by the same person, this really worked. Uh, my favorite character of 2020 was Timothy Oliphant playing Timothy Oliphant in The Good Place <laughs> and playing Cobb awesome. Vanth. Yes, and playing Cobb Vanth on The Mandalorian. Oh, he was awesome. Uh, I want to see a spinoff and- with him. Yes, absolutely. A fantastic episode. He's wonderful. He shows up wearing Boba Fett's armor, which, you know, for those of us who are Star Wars, you know, that, that's, a, that's a geek out moment. Oh, my God, he's wearing Boba Fett's armor. Um, I also, you know, big fan of his, obviously, from Justified and Deadwood, um, which kind of has a, a tie to both of these because his appearance in The Good Place, he's pretty much playing Raylan, yeah. even though he's he's not called Raylan. And then in, in The Mandalorian, it, it's a bit of a Deadwood reunion. I don't know if you guys know this, but the bartender, the alien bartender that he saves and they dive behind the bar when they start shooting it up, that's played by W. Earl Brown, who was the bartender in Deadwood. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. It, yeah. So, yeah. So, and I thought he was just fantastic in both, you know, uh, big fan of Oliphant, so I think you know it was just wonderful seeing him in both of those roles. Yeah, to your point, when he when he comes out and you know we first see him uh, before we know who the actor is, it's in he's in Boba Fett's armor, but we know something's off because it doesn't really look like Boba Fett like is his physique. Um, so we're kind of questioning: is this really Boba Fett? And you know, as he starts to take off the helmet, I'm kind of like because I didn't recognize the voice right away, and I was like, okay, if you're not really Boba Fett there's going to be a lot of disappointment people, people out there, including maybe myself, you know, and then the helmet comes off and it's Timmy Oliphant. And I'm like, we're good. We're good. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> so even if Boba Fett hadn't returned later on in the season, I still would have been okay with that because, because uh, uh, yeah, that was, that was fine. Uh, and it was a great episode. Great performance. You're right. I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind going back and revisiting his character at yeah. all. And even his appearance in The Good Place was a bit of a surprise. Oh, yeah. Even though, because they had talked about him so much because the judge is a big fan of Justified, that, that it just made sense when he did show up. But, it, yeah, it was just, it was hilarious. And Mike, who's your favorite character from 2020? My favorite character is actually a bunch of characters. It is the true heroes of 2020, and those are the frontline workers who have been helping everybody, you know, dealing with this disaster. And not trying to get political, not trying to get, you know, pointing fingers or anything. But these people, the the people working at the hospitals, the doctors, the nurses, the even the orderlies, everybody, the, you know, the first aid workers, 
you know, it's just amazing these people who've been, you know, selflessly going out and basically putting their lives on the line daily to help all these people with the hospitals overflowing and, you know, people just sick everywhere. We've had to change our way of life and these people have been guiding our way, you know, being there to help everybody. There, I couldn't think of anyone better to pick as my hero, as, you know, my favorite people of 2020. Absolutely. Second, amen to that. Yeah. And it's not just that, what they're doing for the people that are sick. I mean, you guys probably all know my, my brother was in the hospital earlier last year and, and passed away. There, We were not allowed, my dad and I were not allowed to go into the hospital to, because this was like at like the height of the beginning of COVID and everything was very panicked and weird and off. And even though, so we couldn't go in, but the nurses, I received a phone call every two hours, letting me know what was going on. Ask, you know, if I had questions, there was, you know, so that not only are they taking care of the people in the hospitals, they are going out of their way to take care of the people that are connected to the people in the hospitals. And I think a lot of that gets overlooked by the other stuff that they're doing as well. Yeah, I have uh, great respect for anybody involved with the medical profession in any way. And that even extends to the researchers, the people who are working on a cure. Because oh, exactly. uh, that, I mean, talk about pressure, <laughs> right? Yes. And the people are like, the world is like, come up with something. <laughs> well, um, I'm, I'm, even the people who have to work in retail and have to be there to having to deal, you know, with people who don't want to wear their masks or people who, you know, try to come into their stores, you know, and acting like everything's normal. It isn't folks. And, you know, Judy worked at Home Depot for a while and she, the stories she used to tell me, and this was back at the beginning of this back in, you know, February and March. And it was just amazing. And it's, it's just crazy. And thank you. And big kudos to our sponsor, Tifosi. I'm not trying to kiss butt or anything, but Tifosi was giving free face shields in September to the people who, for any order, they gave a free face shield to a frontline worker. It's pretty darn awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Keith, it's going to be tough following that up, I know. So I hate to put you in that position. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm going to make it easy. I'm going to go completely different in, in tone and context. I'm going to go to the world of fiction, and I'm going to go to a, a pick that is 100% not expected. I am catching up on Star Trek Discovery. I was one of those who didn't. I watched a few of the episodes when it started, and it was just okay to me, to be quite honest. And I'm I'm still not loving the, the series. I'm liking it, not loving it. And so maybe because of the, there's some blandness and some things to it I don't like from the Abrams verse people, but a character that stood out to me, which is so weird that I liked, even though I didn't like, is Captain Lorca. And really? Yeah. Yes. I know, right? I know, Mike, because I remember you said recently, good riddance with Lorca, right? I don't like the guy. And again, I will not spoil this for anybody who may not have seen Discovery. You know, there's, there's things about Lorca. He's arrogant. He has a dangerous edge to him. He is not likable. You get the sense that he may be using people. Again, I won't, I won't go into it. But, you know, I don't know what it is, but something about his character stood out. And maybe it's because of the way the rest of the show was written, not a criticism. But every time Lorca was on screen, I paid attention to him. You know, it's kind of like the old, 
when you look at the old Pearls of Pauline movie serials, the old black and white, well, you know, the villain would tie Pauline to the, you know, the old thing with power to the railroad track. Yeah. And back in the day when they had Twirl silent mustache. movies. Exactly. And when they had silent movies, somebody was playing <laughs> yeah. the piano and the audience would go, boo, hiss. They would do something like that. There's just something about um, the actor playing Lorca. Every time he was on screen, he held my attention. Again, I didn't like him. But so far, he's been my most memorable character from not just Star Trek, but really kind of of the year. And again, I won't go into his the ending of his story, but there was so much more I think could have been done with him. There are other great characters there. Captain Pike, of course, is fantastic. Um, uh, the uh, captain who was Michael's captain beforehand. Uh, again, I won't. Oh, Giorgio. Giorgio. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. Again, I won't go into yeah. any of that for spoilers. But for some reason, I still, I'm still trying to figure this out. For some reason, Lorca just stuck with me. And again, not spoiling anything, but he left the series. I won't say what happened. I kind of miss him. I kind of miss that dynamic when he was on screen. It's, it's a weird pick. Trust me. For me, it's a <laughs> weird pick. <laughs> but I, I think you're right. There. I think a lot of it is the actor. The actor brought a lot yeah and especially in that first season i mean i think that's why he and michelle yo as giorgio stand out so much absolutely is because they are really out acting everyone else on the show absolutely yeah oh very much so well i am uh i'm gonna switch over to the realm of star wars um and say that uh my favorite character i think she had uh the best year of almost anybody which was is ahsoka tano uh, so, yep. um, uh, Clone Wars comes back and it's pretty much, she's the, she's the main character in that, that last season. Uh, uh, you know, the first few are about the bad batch, but, uh, who knew that like they were going to get a series out of that. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, Ahsoka kind of, and her story arc is great, uh, throughout the last, uh, part of that season. Then later on in the year, she makes her live action debut, played wonderfully by Rosario Dawson, who seems perfectly made for the role. Um, and uh, she shines as a character in that episode. And she's, it's also announced that she's going to get her own show. Um, so I, I like the character so much that I, I read the, uh, the Ahsoka novel uh, by, uh, I think it's E.K. Johnson. It's right there. It's, uh, I'm trying to see it on my shelf. But um um, that didn't come out this year, but I was so invested in the character, that character and uh, Thrawn, who, you know, wasn't really, didn't really get the shine as much this year um, uh, in other media, but Ahsoka really did. And so I think uh, a lot of people were introduced to her for the first time because they hadn't seen her. They hadn't seen the cartoons. So uh, it's amazing to me how many people sort of just won't watch clone wars or rebels because it's a cartoon um they they only they only like watch the live action stuff and so i think you're missing a lot of great storytelling if you're if you don't check those shows out because if you like the mandalorian watch clone wars watch rebels because you will get you know storylines that are just as cool um if not cooler in those shows there are some things that are like kid friendly a little too kid friendly but moreover there's a lot of material that that i think you'll like um anyway so that's that's my pick for my favorite character 2020 all right now we'll do the flip side uh your least favorite character from 2020 this should be fun and interesting if not maybe controversial mike we're going to start with you well i was going to say someone who is gladly going to be gone hopefully as of the 20th of january but I was not going to go. Would have been, would have been four years in a row. 
<laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I know. It would have been four years in a row, but, you know, I'm going to break my streak. Um, I'm going to go with Chris Chibnall, the showrunner of Doctor Who. Ooh. Yeah, that's a... Yeah. Uh... That's a I could I can understand that. Yeah, he pretty much is in a lot of ways singular singular hair, you know, basically ruined a show that I loved. Uh he he's done some great things. I'm giving him some credit, but overall I think he just took some really good material and basically whitewashed it, made it very boring. Very boring companions, taking a fantastic actress with Jodie Whittaker as the doctor and even blending that up. And it just really, really disappointed me. Yeah, I, I can understand that. It's kind of like what I was saying about Patty Jenkins. You don't trust the product anymore. Mm -mm. Uh, um, Bobby, what about you? Sorry, helps if I unmute. <laughs> well, actually... To keep this from being political, <laughs> I actually wrote down murder hornets. There was so much buildup to the murder hornets. There was so much talk about the murder hornets are coming. The murder hornets. So you're expecting the murder hornets to be a big thing. And then in the year where we had flying snakes, flying spiders, killer lizards, UFOs are are like declassified that there really are, have been UFO sightings, mysterious monoliths showing up around the world, global pandemics with all of that murder hornets just kind of faded away. <laughs> so, you know, I was a little disappointed. I was, you know, yeah. Murder hornets were supposed to be the big bad of the year. They just picked the wrong year. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, has has, has sci-fi channel not no. jumped on that uh really? no yeah nobody it just <laughs> they can't even get a deal it's with sci-fi poor, poor murder hornets you know <laughs> <laughs> that's great uh keith what about you uh, I can't remember the lady's name to save my life, but she was representative of the good and the bad of the year. One of the things I like about 2020 was the thing that used to be called must-see TV almost came back in a completely different way. You know, it's not a time when people sit together and watch like the finale of Dallas or the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders movie. Now people talk about streaming, such as The Mandalorian and so forth. And we had, oddly, a return to shared experiences, but mostly through streaming. And on the bad side, uh, again, I keep forgetting the lady. It's the lady from the Tiger um, King movies. Oh, uh, um, oh. yeah. Carol Thank Baskin. you. And frankly, I don't know if she had that man killed or not. But to be honest with you, it was one of those things where every time I turned on the television, there she was. And I still can't seem to get away from her. And after a while, it just kind of became one of those, I just don't care anymore. I just don't care. I'm not hugely into so-called reality shows a lot. She just became a symbol at that other side, which was, please, just go away. Just go away. And, you know, they're still talking about trying to give her her own series. Now they're trying to do, think about doing one of the things like um, on, you know, the, the podcast where you follow her to see if maybe she did it. I just got sick of seeing her. I, every time I turned on the TV, there she was. So she was kind of like my most annoying character of the year. I give, well, uh, I, I'll give her credit for one thing. I have not seen the show, uh -huh. but yet I knew her name. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I, I got to give them credit. They, oh, they've yeah. obviously done something, but yeah. Actually, I saw one. I was one of those poor souls who actually sat. I actually, King. I actually had to laugh the other day. I was, I was driving the road, 
and I saw a, a somebody had a bumper sticker on their car, and I'm gonna put another. I'm gonna put a dollar in the jar with you, Mike. The bumper sticker said like Carol Baskin, and I knew what it meant. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, I will see your uh, I will see your Carol Baskin. I will raise you because my choice for my least favorite characters of 2020 was anyone associated with the show Tiger King. Oh, <laughs> great! <laughs> that uh, that is something that I I can't endorse. Uh, that kind of show, that kind of mentality, that kind of uh, entertainment. Because it 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 yeah. I mean, I don't. There's a lot of people who can't. It's it's called a reality show, but it's anything but. Yeah. And uh, um, uh, I actually, <laughs> I actually knew of Carol before that show, um, and uh, and 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 I, it's just weird for me to think of what has happened. Not that I I knew her well, or that I have any opinions about what she did or did not do at all. Right. Um, but uh, it was just kind of bizarre how uh, that all took place. And, um, you know, s- people seem to revel in the fact that it was um, this show about miserable people. And uh, and I I guess maybe in some ways a lot of people needed that. But I I don't. And uh, I, I don't I, I like I said, I don't endorse it. So, um, yeah, but uh <laughs> I'm sorry, it was in the early days of the pandemic. So to your point, I think yeah, people yeah. were still finding their space. And I think, and, and again, oh, it was, it it was at a the right time. Absolutely. Probably if it wasn't for the pandemic, I don't know if that show would have made a, a dent, right? But, but yeah. everybody was home. Everybody on Netflix. <laughs> the new thing mm-hmm. on Netflix was Tiger King and everybody went for it. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and everybody was like, you got to, you know, this is yeah. crazy. Mike's going to have a new um, show called The Kitty uh, King about all the cats that keep falling out of his walls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah yeah that's uh, got to make you your millions uh, mike um, <laughs> i know they got to pay me some we're thinking <laughs> of you my friend we're thinking of you all right ashley you're gonna wind this uh wrap this up with uh, uh your uh, least favorite character 2024 well it's gonna be short actually because mine was the cast of tiger king as well <laughs> wow, wow. Be- <laughs> we did not check notes we did not compare notes mike <laughs> nope not at all so, um, I, like you said, I probably never would have watched this show unless it was 2020, but it was everywhere on social media. Some friends said like, you gotta, you gotta watch it. It is the strangest thing you've ever seen. And they were right. Just terrible people. But what really makes me sad is the animals, like the tigers, they don't have a choice about the situation they're in. So if there's one thing I hope comes from the show is that people will have, um, awareness about, treating animals in captivity properly and that um, businesses like this aren't really a good thing. So hopefully people learn something while watching that bizarre show that again, could have only come out in 2020. Yeah. And that's, that's what makes me more upset about it because you're to your point um, it's all fun and games, but there's some real, there's some real lives at stake with these, mm-hmm. with what's happening with these creatures and right. people are more obsessed with, who killed who and and everything else that rather than trying to make sure that these, these creatures, these beautiful, gorgeous creatures, some of which are endangered are, are treated in a respectful manner. And, and that show is anything, but maybe she killed the murder hornets. 
Ooh, there we go. Carol Baskin. (laughs) All right. That's going to kill this segment. Uh, (laughs) um, All right. Now we're going to go to, this would be fun, our favorite word, phrase, quote, or pose, all right, for 2020. Um, Bobby, go ahead and start. Uh, what was your favorite word, phrase, quote, uh, or? It was really hard to come up with favorite. I could come up with, I could name least favorites all day long. You know, like I could, if I never hear the word iconic again or the phrase, and I approve this message, I'll be good. You know, if I never hear those again, but what iconic and you don't even watch wrestling. (laughs) Um. But I did see one that made me laugh and it was a recent one. And it was a, it was actually, it was a, it was a meme on social media that said, uh, before I agree to 2021, I'm going to need to see some terms and conditions. (laughs) <laughs> i like that <laughs> and that's yeah that one seemed very apropos for 2020 in the geek seat so absolutely absolutely keith what do you got for a favorite word phrase okay this is weird my favorite because it irritates me but makes me laugh is i approve this message <laughs> and i can't believe bobby just said that because you know what drives me crazy and i, I tell people all the time when i see whatever take your candidate purdue or ossoff or trump or biden when i see them looking at the camera they're there and then they said i approve this message I'm like well did, is somebody pointing a gun at you you know because the point <laughs> that, the whole point of i approved this message was people were taking people's recordings and videos and splicing yep. them together right but if i'm looking at you record Either you're like a hostage where they're going to put a newspaper in front of you and they're forcing you to say it, or you're freely saying it. So every time they stand there and go, hi, I'm running for office and I approve this message. Like, well, I hope so. So <laughs> to your point, Bobby, I got sick of it, but it makes me laugh and, and cringe at the same time. I'm looking at you. Of course you approved a message. So it drives me crazy, well, but it makes me laugh Especially right at the same now time. with us having this runoff election here in Georgia, every yeah. commercial break is yes. at least four to six commercials by a political candidate, yes. and every and one from, of them has it. And they're all yeah. from both and sides. every one of them has that horrible. phrase in it to where it's just, oh. It is. Yeah. It's driving me bonkers. And I do expect to see them tied up because I'm like, why are you telling me you approve the message if you're looking at the camera? I assume this is willing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike, what about you? For me, it's from actually Schitt's Creek again. And Ashley will get this one really well. Ooh, David. <laughs> so, <laughs> you'll have to watch it to find out what that means. <laughs> it said a lot. Yes. You've got me curious. Not <laughs> just from one person either. <laughs> True. Interesting. All right. We'll just let that hang there. Ashley? Well, uh, mine is, I feel kind of bad. Mine's a little more serious than after all the funny ones. But a phrase that really stuck out to me this year is, it's okay not to be okay. And it's just a really simple phrase, but it's one that I really took to heart throughout this year. I think um, a lot of times we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to like stay positive or to find the good in things. But sometimes I think it's okay to admit, particularly this year, that it was hard, you know, people struggling with the isolation, depression, anxiety, fear about what's coming for the future. So something that I really learned this year was just learning how to be, just admit more like I'm not okay right now. And then another phrase I'm, I appreciated was I'm not okay, but I will be. 
So I think those are, those are good to remember. If you struggled in 2020, you're not alone and we're all in this together. So that's something that really helped me to repeat to myself probably at least once a month throughout last year. Yeah. I see those, I see those, we're Um, all in this together signs all along the roads is, you know, with it. Yeah. It seems to be, there's a lot of people really reaching out to people and, and yes, I think so more, we're more isolated than we have been in the past. I think people are reaching out more. Well, um, my, it was tough for me because I took sort of three different ways to look at this and I came up with three quotes and I can't really decide. So I'm going to ask for your honorable mentions as well in a minute, but, um, my favorite line that made me laugh throughout the whole year was actually from the Mandalorian when uh, the crew, the cast, uh, the characters are all sitting around, they're about to infiltrate a imperial base and deciding who's going to go in because um, they need a facial record. They, you know, they need to get past the facial recognition thing. And Boba Fett just says, "Let's just say they might recognize my face." And it's just a throwaway. <laughs> and I, <laughs> it's like he was literally the face of the entire Republic, like. Like it just—it's such a throwaway line, but it made me laugh so much. I thought that's funny. That's <laughs> awesome. Um, as far as lines that maybe that made that moved me um, almost to tears, um, it was just after um, uh, a little bit after WrestleMania, about a month after WrestleMania, um, when uh, Becky Lynch announced that she was pregnant, and she turned the belt over to Asuka and said. You go and be a warrior because I'm going to go be a mother. And uh, it just, it was so powerful. It was such a life, like they were characters, but it was also in, in pro wrestling, you have this weird kind of thing that every, that happens every once in a while where real life bashes up against, you know, these characters. And it's hard to differentiate one from another. And that was a moment where, you know, I was happy. It was bittersweet because I was happy for her because I've uh, followed her career for quite some time, but also sad because I'm like, I just, this, when she's, is she going to come back? You know, uh, this could mean the end of her. So her character anyway. So, so that was one that actually meant a lot to me. Um, probably more powerful than any other line I heard, but the line that I have to go with, because this kind of, um, this kind of held me, uh, I've thought about this line quite a bit during this year. And it's really weird because it comes from, it comes from Doctor Who, but it comes from this season, this last season of Doctor Who, and it comes uh-huh. from Chris, and it comes from Chris Chibnall in one of the worst episodes ever of Doctor Who, which is uh, Orphan. Uh, is that Orphan Fifty Five? Yes. But but at the end of that episode, Jodie Whittaker has, and this is rare for her uh, because unfortunately, Chris, like to Mike's point, Chris does not give her a lot of great Doctor moments. But at the end of that episode, which is really too heavy handed to go into, but at the end of that episode, the doctor says, I know what you're thinking, but this is one possible future. It's one timeline. You want me to tell you that Earth's going to be okay? Because I can't. In your time, humanity's busy arguing over the washing up while the house burns down. Unless people face facts and change, catastrophe is coming. But it's not decided. You know that. The future is not fixed. It depends on millions of decisions and actions and people stepping up. Humans, I think you forget how powerful you are. Lives change worlds. People can save planets or wreck them. That's the choice. 
be the best of humanity. And that's like, that's an amazing quote, especially during this year. Um, like that's, that's a great doctor moment, uh, for the, for this year. And, uh, so that's, those are, those are my favorite lines of the year. Um, anybody else got a phrase or quote or something else that, uh, rang, uh, that meant something to them this year? I do. What's that, Mike? From the lot, from the final episode of the Mandalorian. Why is there a lone X-Wing fighter dropping out of hyperspace? <laughs> We're saved. It was incredible. <laughs> exactly. But it was just, that was just so awesome. And as soon as you see the X-Wing, you go, <gasps> yeah, you know, you're we just know. Like, like that, that <laughs> dropped a bomb. Exactly. It's like, no way. It, it was just awesome. That was just, it got an, definitely gets an honorable mention from me. Yeah, that uh, gets chills. One, one for me, and and this will only be people that watched it. Uh, Ming Na Wen's character of Agent May was called the Cavalry in uh, Agents of Shield, although she hated the phrase, hated being called that. In the final episode of the final season, uh, Phil Coulson has been trapped by the bad guys, and he's like, "I've just been, you know, like delaying things." She goes, "Oh, well, what are you waiting for?" And her character comes crashing through the ceiling. And lands in that nice heroic superhero pose. And she goes, the cavalry. And it was like this big, you know, collective <gasps> from people. But even more, mm-hmm. more, it became more interesting. They put out a table read video of the cast reading it. And when she reads that line and Clark Gregg, who plays Colson, goes nuts at the table reading because she says it. And that was just a nice tie, tied it all together moment for me. That's cool. That was mm-hmm. one great thing about uh, this past season of Agents of Shield is they had a lot of callbacks to previous mm-hmm. seasons and moments, and uh, without being too like overly forcing, like forcing that stuff. With that, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it was just little subtle things here and there. It was a very much a Doctor uh, Who season too, because there's so much time travel <laughs> and fixing really timelines that it really yep. does almost feel like an episode of, of Doctor Who or a season of Doctor Who. Awesome. Wibbly wobbly timey wimey. Come on. Anyone else? Keith, Ashley? Yeah, I have one. It's it's um it's funny, these three words ever since I was a kid meant something to me. And for a very long time we haven't paid attention to it and they didn't mean much to me. But this last year especially, they've come to make me they fill me with pride. They actually make me tear up. And it's the three words we have lift off. And watching SpaceX make space be exciting again. And watching those incredibly cool retro looking rockets take off as what happened just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, there's a movie, a documentary called Apollo 11 that I just love. It's one of the best things I've ever seen. And it's, a, it's an incredible in-depth look at the Apollo 11 program. Every time I see that rocket take off, I get a lump in my throat. And listening to the flight controller from SpaceX, not NASA, but SpaceX say, we have liftoff. It is just an incredible thrill. And it just reminds me of what humans can do when we work together, whether that the profit is money or national pride or exploration. And it just reminds me, we talk about Star Trek and so much we have so far to go, but it's amazing. We can make it if we work together. So those three words just thrill me every time. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Now we're going to get it to our, we're going to make it, we're going to get real folks. 
Uh-oh. We're going to get real. We're going to have our favorite geek out moments. These are real life moments that uh, happened to us personally or happened to people that we knew personally or just they were not uh, fictionalized uh, in any way. Um, uh, and our for to go first, our favorite geek out moment, Bobby. Okay. Well, um, for, for all of its faults, 2020 was the year that I won a Pulp Factory Award for Best Novel for my novel, Night Vale, Crisis at the Crossroads of Infinity. Man, I'm sure my publisher loved me giving them a long title like that. <laughs> um, that I won, a, I won a Pulp Factory Award for Best Novel for that, which was an amazing honor. Uh, and also the first of those I've won. Um, but I also won uh, the Sangria Summit Society's new Pulp Fiction Award for my work with the, the Snow character. Uh, both of those, which were very, very big surprises and big highlights for my career and those happened this year. So. And, and deservedly so, sir. And so yeah. I'd say that second to that is cool. Those were like top, the top moments. Second to that was uh, getting to play an evil sword wielding Santa in the creep show <laughs> holiday special. So, awesome. which was absolutely a ton of fun directed by uh, Greg Nicotero, who's a, a big deal in the, the horror horror circles and we just had we had an amazing fun time in this winter wonderland when it was 90 something degrees and we're all dressed in santa suits <laughs> with big beards and so yes we were all very hot and sweaty but we laughed a lot and we cut up a lot and it was such fun as awesome. long as you had fun at it absolutely we we laughed a lot as exhausted yeah. as we were because you know as you do these you film them over and over and so after about the sixth or seventh time we've run carrying all this stuff in our Santa suits, we were all a little hot, sweaty, and tired, but we just, we all had a ball. It was, it was so much fun. And so I imagine, yeah, for a little while we're going to, that's a, that's a bad thing. We're going to sort of disappointing thing. We're going to have to go without seeing Bobby Nash cameos for a little yeah, while. I, I only, uh, yeah, I only did two things uh, in 2019. I did creep show and I was in, um, I don't know if I can say the title, but I, I was in the sequel to uh, Joe Stryker, which I, I don't know. They have, I don't think they've Ryan and them have announced the sequel title yet, so I can't do that. Yeah, I don't. But think I so. do yeah, reprise yeah. my role from Joe Stryker as Tommy the Tech Guy. Gotcha. So, so those gotcha. are the only two I did last year. So yeah. So, okay, uh, Keith, what about you? Um, want to get kind of personal, as you said, right? Okay. Yeah, as personal as you want to be. Yeah. I think um, I think a couple of months ago, Mike Faber and I have actually talked about this. A couple of months ago, I, re- I really looked up and realized that I was struggling in 2020. I am, if you've ever heard of Myers-Briggs test, personality test, I'm like 19 out of 20 on the extroverted scale. And I liken myself to be someone who is being kind of locked in and not able to go out and be around people. I'm like a plant that doesn't get enough sunlight or water. I may live, but I wilt. And I have gone through all that stuff where I have my sleep patterns have gotten just horrible. Like I was staying up till three or four in the morning. I would go for runs and walks and I'd be gone for two hours and (laughs) just wouldn't come back. I was getting surly a lot sometimes because I'm just not getting that fuel, that fuel, Dragon Con, missing things like that. And just not getting that fuel from people. I literally feed on being people like I'm, I'm extroverted beyond belief. And I started really thinking about that and realizing what was going on with myself. And it was just the weirdest little thing. But I know one day I just went in, I was talking to my brothers on the phone 
and talking to my wife and so forth. And I actually was just talking to them and we were just watching a silly TV show. We were talking about Star Trek Discovery. And I realized that there was a certain period of day where I wasn't doing anything. I was like just kind of sitting in the dark. I was going for a run. I was just kind of being alone because what happens when you're an extrovert, you don't get that fuel. You can go the other way and people can think you're an introvert. And I actually made a conscious physical effort to like call my brother at a time when I didn't feel like talking to anybody because I was so down and just be engaged and almost fake it till you make it. But I forced myself to laugh and I realized I hadn't laughed a lot. And anybody who knows me well knows that's, that's unusual because I laugh all the time. And it was tough. It was almost like um, the girl from the Adams family in the movie where they told her to smile in the second movie. And she, she gets <laughs> that, that grimace and she forces it and people started freaking out. And for just a moment, I had a genuine laugh just being back. And I realized I had shut myself off from family, not meaning to, but I was falling into kind of a, a funk. And I made a conscious effort to get out of that. And it's still tough for me. But that was a moment where I was actually very happy and proud because I was myself, my genuine self for the first time, probably in all of 2020, still a work in progress. But that was a moment that I realized how far I had kind of fallen in some ways. And it kind of woke me up because that also affects the people around you, you know, not just yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was, it was, I was thankful for that and things, doing things like this. I was even pulling away from doing stuff like this. And it just made me kind of come out of that shell, which for me is completely unnatural to be in. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad. I know that, uh, yeah, I mean, 2020, had, man, nobody I could have expected the challenges that personally we would all have, you know, right. uh, whether you're extroverted or introverted, because I'm, I'm the opposite. I'm pretty introverted, but man, mm-hmm. even for us introverts, it was pretty challenging. Like, <laughs> yeah, enough's uh, enough, right? I know, right? <laughs> um, well, it's, it's, it, it's also, I think if, if one thing that, that I think a lot of us have learned is the, the the necessity of reaching out yeah. to other people, you know, because we are mm-hmm. stuck at home or we are, you know, and so things that I used to take for granted have become lifelines, like talking to people yeah. on the phone, you know, just because, you know, it's, it's contact. I mean, now I'm not alone. I, mm-hmm. I take care of my father, but my dad's really the only person I see in person, yeah. you know, so it is nice when you can reach out and connect with other people. And I think there's a lot of those connections that are growing and people that are reaching out just to say, Hey, how you doing? Mm, or just to check, exactly. you know, whereas we might not have done that before. Cause we all live busy lives. And now it's just like, you know what? I wonder what this, you know, I need to check on this person. And so you call and, and I think there's a personally for me, there's been a lot more of that this year. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad that's helping. Me exactly. And to well. say real quick, as I know we don't want to go long. One of the things you learn too, is I remember taking the Myers-Briggs test is people completely misunderstand the definition of an introvert and an extrovert. Most people who don't know better think an introvert is a wallflower. That's not what an introvert means. An introvert is not someone who doesn't like to be around people. They just get their, their energy from other places. So my, one of my brothers is an introvert. You wouldn't know it. He's the life of the party. But after a while, he needs to get by himself to recharge his energy. So mm-hmm. to your point, Mike, about it's even as an introvert, I think we've also learned to we understand what those definitions mean. Introvert doesn't mean you don't want to be around people. And to your point, because we all as humans want to be around people. And I think as you're saying, Bobby, we've learned all of us need to reach out in different ways, even if we thought we would be better off being by ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
Yeah, because for me, the big one with that this year has been missing yeah. conventions. Those are pe- There are a lot of people that I only mm-hmm. see at conventions. There are people I only see at DragonCon yeah. every year. So, so a year without those connections has, you know, it takes a toll on you. And you, you and it's it. I I think I've come to. I took a lot of things for granted of like, oh, I'm going to see these people at this or that. And this year has really put it into perspective that that you can't always just mm-hmm. assume that. And and I think I will appreciate things like cons more when we when we get back to some semblance of normal. Because yeah, whatever yeah. that new normal will be. Uh, yeah. Mike, what about you? What's something that uh, your favorite geek out moment uh, in real life uh, for this year? Two things. And both involve Broadway, actually. <clears throat> I was actually able in February before all this started, I was able to go see David Byrne's American Utopia oh. on Broadway. And it was amazing. You know, I followed the talking heads and David Byrne's career and to be able to see him finally, you know, live on stage performing with just no orchestras, nothing. It's just him and his and the, the people you see on stage with him playing the different instruments from around the world. It's just so simple, but so beautiful. And it was amazing to see and you could actually still see it, I think, up on HBO Max if you have. They they spike. Yeah, I saw it on HBO. And yeah, it was, yeah, and Spike Lee did the video for it, and it was amazing. If you get a chance to see it, and it it was breathtaking to see, and to be able to you know, and also going to see in a theater on Broadway is mm-hmm. also just amazing, and the. Other thing that I get to say that's another Broadway thing was we were supposed to go see Hamilton on broad at the Fox Theater this year. Yeah, that was my that that was my anniversary <laughs> gift to Judy for our fifteenth wedding anniversary, and we of course it was it was a first postponed to August and then it's pushed off at least a year. If we'll, if we're lucky, we'll be able to go see it, but. I was able to see Hamilton on Disney Plus and with the original cast. We wouldn't have gotten that if at the Fox Theater. Mm-hmm. And it it was awesome. If you haven't seen it, I went in blind. I had not heard any of the music. I hadn't you know seen any of the any videos, anything from Hamilton. I hadn't even listened to the Hamilton rap that Weird Al did. So it was pr- – it's pretty amazing wa- seeing it for the first time and literally be blown away from it. And I was – I loved it. I loved every second of it. And it lives up – it lives up to the hype that everyone yeah, – Not just the play itself it, but the the production of the the way it's directed and the every, shot. Like, everything. It, it's yeah. one of the best like reproductions of a play I've ever seen. And they're actually pushing SAG to include it in the Academy Awards. Yeah, so, that's enough of a battle. Keep, but, yeah. keep your eyes open. So, oh, very nice, very nice. I thought you were going to announce you had a one man show coming or something. Um, and uh, um, that that's for my shout outs later. So. <laughs> Favor <of> the musical. <laughs> Faber, the um, podcast. <laughs> um, Faber, the one in Earth Station One. 
That's what um, the name's about. Uh, Ashley, what about you? So probably one of my favorite um, real life highlights was I discovered a new hobby this year of crochet. And I started out by downloading this pattern for this little Ray doll from Etsy. And I probably restarted it like five or six times. But when it clicked, like I just could not stop. There's like so much yarn stuffed in my uh, craft closet behind me as I'm recording this. And one of the things I loved most about it is that it gave me a chance to do something geeky and fun, but also kept me occupied. Like I put on something on Netflix and then just work on crocheting. It's very soothing to just do like the repetitive motions of the crafting and really helped pass by some of those anxious early moments of the pandemic. And also kind of challenged me from that original Ray pattern. I've done other Star Wars characters. I've done Kylo Ren. Um, I did a series of Game of Thrones characters, even some little dragons. And now I've started giving those away as gifts as well, which is really fun to be able to say, I made this especially for you. Like I took one of your favorite characters and made a little crochet doll of it. So that is a lifelong hobby I hope to keep doing. And it's something I probably wouldn't have had the patience to try if I was not stuck yeah, at home yeah. this year. I didn't realize you had, this was the first year you were doing that. Cause I noticed you posted pictures of them this year and they were all really amazingly adorable. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. Only in this year, I think I would have given up, but what else are you going to do at home? So I have made a lot of crochet things. Ashley, so. Do you know some uh, Rosie Greer is or was? I don't. That doesn't. Rosie Greer was a football player for the Green Bay Packers back in the '60s and the '70s. He was a big bruiser of a guy, huge guy. And when he retired from football, he took up knitting <laughs> in real life. Oh, and it was lovely. so funny. It was a joke. He showed up on Love Boat and he was knitting on Love Boat and stuff like that. <laughs> but it was it was back in that thing where there was that whole so called men or men kind of stuff. And it was so weird and it was almost mm-hmm. kind of funny. But he took it up because it helped calm his nerves and it helped deal with things like blood pressure and stuff like that. And he knit it. And who was going to say anything to him? He was such a huge <laughs> guy. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like it's, it's for anyone. There is something just soothing about Mm -hmm. the repetitive motion and it's really good to help calm your anxiety when something like just watching TV and reading a book wouldn't work. So I'd recommend it for anyone, whoever you are, you can crochet, you can knit. There's a whole big debate in the crafting community about which is better crochet or knitting, but I'll let you all decide that for yourselves. If you decide to try it, (laughs) I won't dive into those waters tonight. Wow. Okay. Um, all right, so my favorite geek out moment uh, was uh, for real life um, was something that actually happened virtually, um, and that is uh, uh, Dragon Con goes virtual. Um, Dragon Con for everybody who listens to this show, you guys know this. Dragon Con is 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 means a lot to me. Uh, I've been going there for twenty five years, and uh, and it means even more to me now because over the last ten years I've been fortunate enough to participate as a guest. Um, you know, we base uh, the Dragon Con Report podcast on the sh- on that. And that's that's the only convention that I would do that for because um, I love that convention so much. It, and um, it was very stressful for me um, the first part of the year, maybe the first half of the year until, you know, they, they made the decision that whether or not Dragon Con would happen. And I had to personally make a decision as to what I would do if it happened. Um, and I felt, and I was, it, it put me in an awkward position and I wasn't really sure what to do. 
Um, and fortunately, the decision was made for me because uh, Dragon Con couldn't happen in person. And luckily, they came up with, I think, the next best thing. Um, I, you know, I, I'd seen other conventions that were handled virtually. And I have to say, Dragon Con really knocked it out of the park. Um, was it perfect? No. Um, there are some things that, you know, they could have done a little bit differently. But, um, you know, as far as make, uh, providing content and, and seeing a whole bunch of people create content for this event, this free event that, that nobody had to pay for. Um, so people were volunteering their time and their energy and effort to put together these massive amounts of content. I mean, we're talking about hours and hours and hours of, uh, you know, there's 36 tracks plus the main programming at Dragon Con. So we were talking about like, you know, over like 30, you know, I don't know, 10 hours a day of that for Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Plus the the folks were uh, great for us artists to allow us to have stores. So we got to sell product. I sold I sold more books this year than I did last year in person at Dragon Con uh, because Dragon Con was open to the world. Like it wasn't just 85,000 people in hot Atlanta, like <laughs> walking around seeing things. You could be in two places at once. I want to see that panel and I want to see this panel and they're on at the same time. Well, now I can, they're virtual. So I can just watch this panel and right afterwards I can watch that other panel. I was on two panels at the same time. I was, I was, I was in two places at once at Dragon Con. It was amazing. Um, uh, the fact that I got to um, uh, still uh, perform our Tiki panel with um, uh, some guests I would never have been able to get to the actual event. Um, a guy who uh, who makes mugs for a living, who's one of the best mug makers in the country, in the world, maybe. Um, uh, so he never comes to Dragon Con, but we were able to talk to him and have him participate in the panel because of this, you know, we took advantage of this virtuality of the, that we were doing this pro programming. I got to host a, a tribute to one of my, uh, favorite, uh, most, uh, you know, important mentors, um, Danny O'Neill. Um, uh, you know, um, with some really A-list guys. Uh, Paul Levitz was on that panel, as well as um, Howard Chaikin, Brian Augustin. I mean, it was pretty intimidating for me, but um, it was an awesome honor um, to talk uh, about that guy and to remember him um, with such, uh, such important names. Um, so even though the event, you know, didn't happen in person, I, I can still say it was one of the best experiences of my life. And that was, uh, you know, and that, and, and that's not easy to do. So I want to give a shout out to anybody, everybody who participated in Dragon Con in any way, especially the staff there who, who made it all happen, the technical staff that put the channels together, the, the track directors who coordinated all the efforts of where the content was going to go for their own tracks, to coordinate all the guests to get and everything like that, to have to to mix together some pr programmed material as well as live material that was just uh it was just an amazing thing and it was an amazing feat and um you know i i, I hope that doesn't have to re be repeated this year the same way but if it does i'm okay with that because the end product that they did last year was amazing so um so i give them a lot of props for that it meant a lot to me that that was able to happen
So, um, all right. So those are uh, some great moments uh, that we had in real life. Um, 2020 was a, a rough year. So I'm almost afraid to ask, but our next category is our, our least favorite or most disappointing moments. Um, we'll start with you, Ashley. Well, I would say my least favorite moment was actually getting COVID. Um, to anybody that listens, if you don't take it seriously, please take it seriously. It's very contagious. I tried to be careful. Like I wear a mask when I go out in public, but was blessed to have a mild case, but still not a joke. And of course I ended up getting it on Christmas day. So that was my luck. 2020 just couldn't let me escape without getting COVID. But um, yeah, so folks just wash your hands, wear a mask, stay away from people. Amen. Amen. And I'm glad, I'm so glad it was a mild case for you. Me too. I feel really thankful, but just be careful, everyone. There's no rhyme or reason how it affects people. So there's no guarantee if you get it, it will be mild. So be careful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Keith? Um, I would say that one thing that was very disappointing to me this year or last year was the collapse of the Arecibo Observatory in Puerto Rico. Mm. That was, that has something that had been around for decades, actually a generation or more and had done so much research into outer space. It was also such a testament of what, again, going back to, and we talk about this year of pandemic and COVID and political strife, we talk about what humans, how we tear each other down. And then we remember what we can do when we work together. That was something that was made in the 60s. And it's just a testament to what humans can do when we, can, we work together. And it was just so sad to see when they thought it was going to die. And then it did die. It was it was painful to watch, but I'm looking forward to what comes up in the future to replace that. I blame I blame James Bond for it. So yeah, we saw James <laughs> right. Bond blow it up, right? <laughs> that's right. I thought it was gone like ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was sad. I didn't realize that that was that that was you know deteriorating like that. I thought it was still a working functioning thing. I yeah. didn't realize that it gone into disuse. Um, uh, Bobby, what about you? Okay. Uh, well, uh, like the 2020 was pretty rough for the family. We, we had health issues with my dad and I that we, we got through. Um, you know, my brother uh, passed away, which was pretty rough. And even equally more so that, that we weren't allowed to be in the hospital. We were unable to have a funeral because of COVID. We were, there's a lot of that kind of stuff. Uh, but I don't want to don't dwell on all that. That was, you know, it, but that, that did put a damper sure. on, on our year. This was uh, 2019. On a from a uh, as a professional writer, 2020 was also the year where I was called a Nazi and a racist because I had books that had Nazis and racists as the villains. But because people who didn't actually read the books decided that they would complain about them anyway, mm. so that was a that, that, that kind of sat with for a little bit. It it stung a bit, and um, yeah. That was that was on a professional and personal level. That was rough. Mm-hmm. Well, that's 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 the downside of winning those awards, right? You're yeah. getting a higher profile, so you're attracting more, uh, you know, more. We'll, we'll call them critics and be nice, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and I didn't even mention the couple of enthusiastic fans that I've had this year that were a bit too enthusiastic. <laughs> Oof. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Misery too. Um, <laughs> Um, Mike, 
Um, for me, it's the missing of a lot of live music that we were going to go see this year. We had probably over probably 15 different concerts and shows and music festivals that we were already had tickets for, for this year. You know, Judy and I had agreed at the beginning of last year that, you know, instead of giving gifts of, you know, physical things, we don't need those. It's more about the experiences. It's more about doing things and stuff. And we both love going to see live music. We've gone to see live music with, you know, Mike Gordon. We've gone to see music with a lot of other friends. And it's an experience that you'd never forget. It's something that you – it's just not something every day and everything. Anyone could sit and buy a TV and sit in front of the TV all the time. But now you can actually be able to – go see live music and we had to cancel all of them there you know at literally the last show we went to go see was the one i mentioned earlier going to new york to see david byrne but you know and that was that was the beginning of our year you know we had already at that by that point seen three or four other shows and then david Byrne. we saw that weekend david byrne and then we also saw chris Thiele do um live from here, which was used to be Prairie Home Companion. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, we went to go see that when we were in New York and we had all these different things. And then the shutdown hit and everything went out the window and, you know, all the way through from March until December, we had shows that we just couldn't go to. And it was a little heartbreaking. Yeah, it was great to see streaming music, but it's just not the same as being there. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, for me, um, one of the things I'm most disappointed about, um, a lot of things um, had to close because of the lockdown, because of the pandemic, and some of them are not able to reopen. Um, so um, there's a few uh, restaurants, um, a few local businesses um, that uh, are struggling still. I mean, they're not out of the woods yet. Um, but for me, if I had to pick one that I'm really concerned about, um, and it's a really sad, disappointing thing is that in January, I had gone to my first taping of NWA here in Atlanta and it's NWA has been around for decades. I mean, it's, it's one of the oldest, uh, Reading wrestling federations, in the, but it's always, it's, it's been kind of, you know, underground for the last, I don't know couple decades because it hasn't been on tv etc cetera, etc cetera. they were just starting to get back into being on tv being on youtube um being on social media getting getting a buzz about them uh the talent that they had was really uh, phenomenal um and they were taping shows here in atlanta on a regular basis so in january i got to go to one i fell in love with it i saw them tape three shows it was a blast. I was like, I am in. I'm going to go all the time. And, and when they record these things, I'm going to go to their events. I'm going to get, you know, I was, you get to meet the wrestlers backstage after the events. I was, uh, I got to meet the, the women's champion. Um, and it was great. Pandemic hits, no more live events. NWA pretty much stops producing anything. Most of their talent have, have gone on to other federations. Uh, and I don't know what's going to happen with uh, the NWA now. So uh, the National Red, uh, Wrestling Alliance. Um, I, it's 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 sad. Um, so um, yeah, that's 
that's one that I'm really kind of concerned about. And I'm sad that that's happening to them. So, well, um, yeah, there's not going to be any honorable mentions because we don't want to dwell in the negativity some more. So we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come right back and we're going to talk about a few things we're excited about for 2021 and get the heck out of this geek seat. Welcome to A Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week, this geek girl is talking about 2020 in review. So 2020 was a dumpster fire of a year. We stayed in, and because both industries I work in were canceled for the year, I caught up on a lot of stuff that I had not been able to, mostly shows and cartoons that came out during the year of 2020. Some highlights of those for me were all the amazing animated shows we got. We got an amusing South Park quarantine special, which picked fun at a lot of issues going on in the world in that wonderful way that South Park does. We also got the amazing show The Owl House, which is still probably my favorite show of 2020. It's just so darn good, and you should go watch it if you haven't seen it yet. We also got a new amphibious season, which led us deeper into the amazing world and the quest to get Anne home. We also got the last season of Clone Wars. Yeah, that was in 2020, which also made me have to go back and check, since this year was kind of a blur. Star Trek gave us a new animated series, talking about the crew who works in the lower decks of a starship, and the antics that they get into, giving us some wonderful cameos from the Star Trek universe as well. This show is hilarious, and you should definitely check it out if you get the chance, because it's a lot of fun. And even though this year we didn't get to see very many feature films coming out because theaters for the most part were closed, we still got to see some of them from streaming services. And I know a lot of people have some strong opinions about this movie, but I'm still glad I got to watch Wonder Woman 84 on Christmas. Speaking of Christmas, we also got the last season of Sabrina releasing around then too, which was a huge surprise for many of us since we were told that the last season was going to be the final one. But with an ending like that, yeah, we needed some closure. So they ended up doing a fourth season, which made me happy because I love the chilling adventures of Sabrina. 2020 wasn't that great of a year for many of us, but some great stuff still came out, and it gave many of us something to do. And for that, I'm really grateful. Well, thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out. Everyone these days could use a little support, and your friends at the ESO Network are no different. With the ESO Network Patreon, the cool thing is, is when you help support us, it's you who will benefit. With four tiers starting for as little as 25 cents a week, you can listen to some of your favorite network podcasts early, hear exclusive content, maybe get some ESO swag, or even possibly take a shot at the geek seat. All you need to do is sign up at patreon.com backslash ESO network. And we're back, and we're ready to close out. We've closed out, actually, 
2020. 2020 is now in the geek seat. It's going to be forever. We're going to jettison this geek seat out the airlock. It's going to go into space, eventually burn up in the sun, and this year is done. 2020 is <laughs> over. Uh, so The nah, great thing about it, it can't come back. Nah, no, no, no. Um, uh, there can be a sequel, though. Um, and hopefully 2021 will not be that sequel. Um, so, um, there's, uh, there's a few things, uh, that are, uh, happening, uh, been announced to have happened or are going to happen in 2021. So I'm kind of curious what you guys are looking forward to geeking out about in, uh, in the, in the coming year. Uh, Keith, let's start with you. Um, I think what I'm looking forward to is there's a, there's a project called Project Artemis which has to do with humans going back to the moon. It's one of the things that the Trump administration actually started back up. You know, as for the last few years, we haven't had much of a space program in the United States. We lost the shuttle fleet. We've had to basically hitch rides with the Russians to get up to the space station. And one of the things we're looking at is, I don't know how realistic this is, but I was listening to a guy from NASA the day, and he was saying that they've been given a mandate to have someone, have people, men and women, landing on the moon in 2024 which is only three years from now. And that's incredibly aggressive. But along with things such as SpaceX, and I'm looking forward to us getting back to not just going to the moon and going to space, I'm looking forward to us working together in endeavors and looking and dreaming. Uh, one of the odd things I think about technology in this world, especially even with young people, is with all the TV shows and movies we see about science fiction and stuff, I think in a lot of ways our gaze is turned inward a lot mm. because you can go anywhere on a phone, you can go anywhere on the internet. And I even hear young people saying, what's the point of that kind of science and exploration? And I think that's what makes us human. So I'm really excited about seeing things like that, a return to space, a return to just looking beyond the horizon and seeing, as Kirk said in the movie, what's out there, you know? I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> Risk is our business. Um, yes. <laughs> I love that speech. Uh, yes. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Uh, Ashley, what about you? I am really looking forward to the Dune movie, which maybe, hopefully, we'll get to see in 2021. Who knows? But um, I've watched the trailer more times than I want to admit, and it has a fantastic cast, and I'm ready for some really expansive, ambitious science fiction. So hopefully it will be worth the extended wait. Mm. Will it come to theater and screen, or how is that going to work? Because what still, they with, uh, still Warner, that's, that's, up the that's, uh, that's under yeah. review. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, uh, it's supposed yeah. to be released on both, but legendary. Pictures you, Ashley, you almost got me excited there. I thought you said the dude movie, so it was just like. <gasps> oh! <laughs> All right, no news on that yet, but you know, speaking of returning characters, who knows? Exactly. So. Yeah. Didn't he return the, last year? The other guy did. The guy that played Jesus. Uh... Yeah, no, movie. the dude actually was in a commercial. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was in yeah. a I know they made a yeah. movie with uh, the John Turturro's character from yeah, it was the horrible. Big it, Yeah, It was horrible. I saw it, of course. <laughs> but of course. Uh, well, Bobby, as we went earlier, you? You know, the, all the Star Wars and, and Marvel uh, MCU announcements, I'm looking forward to a lot of good movies and TV. I'm also looking forward to more good books. I mean, I've read a lot this year, um, this past year. So I'm looking to, you know, more good books to come out. I know a lot of, a lot of writers. So I've been picking up a lot of, you know, friends books as well. And that's been, that's been really cool. And hopefully I can write a lot more. So 
I have a couple of really cool things that when they get announced, I'll, you know, I can share, but yeah. Very cool. Mike? Uh, for me, I just want to get life back to normal or some kind of semblance of a new normal. You know, I'm tired of calling it the time before. You know, I'm ready for what, you know, being able to see my friends, being able to go out to lunch with Bobby and Mike, go out to dinner with Keith and Phyllis, being able to wave at Ashley online. It's awesome. You know, I just really yeah. want things to be normal. And, you know, it, I think I don't think things are ever going to go back to being the way they were. Too much has changed already. And I, I just think, Agreed. you know, we're going to have to get used to it. We're going to have to get used to whatever this new normal is. And, folks, let's get on with it. Let's, you know, hopefully these vaccines will take. Let's hope, you know, we can start, you know, by the end of this year being able to do an ESO holiday party do something where we can all, you know, just sit back and just like, ah, breathe. ESO picnic. Let's go. Quick comment. <laughs> yeah. Real, really, really quick comment on what you said, Mike. I think you make a very good point about us maybe not getting back to normal because there's some perhaps depressing realities. We don't know what the vaccines will do. We may end up having to take vaccines yearly like the flu shot. Um, the flu may, uh, mutates once or twice every single year. We don't know what this thing is going to have to do. So I agree with you. We may be in a world in the future for the rest of our natural lives where COVID's a thing that we have to worry about. We may always have to be tested when we travel internationally now. Some things we may not go back to ever like they used well, to. Well, they're already saying you might have this. a vaccine passport. So to prove that you had the vaccine to be even, to be able to travel. Or the fact yeah. that we could be wow. wearing masks for the rest wow. of our lives when we're out in public. Or or if the vaccine yeah, backfires, true. it all becomes that's something true. like a Will Smith movie or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Twelve monkeys. <laughs> um Yeah, I don't know whether yeah, it's gonna be a new normal. And uh, it's going to be interesting because, yeah, there's going to be a lot of things that are yet uh, that need to be answered. Like, what does the delivery system for our, our geeky content going to be, you know, from now on, uh, especially when it comes to movies? Um, yeah. You know, um, you know, are we are going to be able to go go back to theaters? Um, that's that's a big thing that uh, people are going to uh, is it going to be just come a niche thing or is it going to? be more popular again who knows right um but um i i am looking forward to seeing some movies that were supposed to come out in 2020 uh so no time to die black widow as you mentioned dune like those are all high on my list i can't wait to see all of those i want yeah so so i said this probably on the on last year's show but i'm looking forward to seeing these movies i'm looking forward to seeing them this year as well uh i think the you know, big new one for me this year uh that's supposed to come out in 2021 was uh james gunn's suicide squad uh i'm really uh looking forward to and excited for see what uh what James Gunn can do with the DCU. Um, it sounds like it's an insane cast. So um, who knows what that could be like. Um, personally, 
Uh, there's some uh, writing opportunities and some other book opportunities that are happening this year. Tiki Zombie celebrates its 10th anniversary this year. Uh, we are halfway done with issue four. So that's definitely going to come out. Um, and uh, there's going to be other things coming as well. Uh, there should be new comic stories. There should be new music. Uh, there should be some more merchandise things happening as well. So I'm extremely excited to bring uh, Tiki Zombie back in a big way. There's a lot of stuff that I've been sort of planning on uh, as happening as well. Um, and we'll see how those go. But um, yeah, this was, it almost was like, like 2020 was like my, my gestation period. <laughs> And I feel like 2021, I'm just going to like, here's all the stuff that I, that, that I should have coming out. I can now have come out now. Uh, so um, there's a lot of uh, great opportunities for some, some stuff to come out new legend wise. Uh, so I'm really excited to hopefully announce those things in uh, the coming weeks, months, and throughout the year. So, and then one of the things that I'm look, definitely looking forward to in 2021 is to continue recording Earth Station One podcast and Earth Station Who, as well as uh, Dragon Con Report and all the ESO Network shows. Um, Mike, one thing that uh, I'm going to give you a shout out right now, because, um, you know, throughout the year, Earth Station One was constant. We were constantly recording every week. We were continuing our content every week. Um, even though there was no new show, no new movies to come out, we still continued on. Uh, we've been getting, uh, I think, greater and greater guests. Uh, not to offend anybody who's come in the last uh, on our show in the last ten years, but you know, um, one of my geek out moments was talking to Victoria Price uh, last year, and I know we've got some guests scheduled already that I'm super excited uh, to talk to. So. Um, and I, I, this show is going to continue to be amazing. And uh, I thank you for still allowing to be, me to be part Dude, of it. Dude, I couldn't do this show without you, even though I tease about it being Earth Station 1. But, you know, it would <laughs> I, I, you are my better half on the show. And it's a blast doing the show with you. You know, 2020, we grew comp in a whole new way. I think we've focused i think we've grown our guests have grown you have honed your skills on your interviewing you getting to talk and you keeping a straight face when conspiracy theories were flying left and right on you know talking to non from superman you know it was pretty awesome i have to keep a straight face because we're all on zoom now <laughs> <laughs> before we couldn't see anybody's face yeah. <laughs> they couldn't no, see ours and you know what we've got a lot coming in 2021 and i am so looking forward to bringing this to our listeners and we're going to be coming to you in new ways we have a lot planned for this next year and hopefully everybody out there is going to tell their friends tell their neighbors tell you know everybody about earth station one and we're you know we have a brand new logo we have a whole new identity per se for a brand new year for a fresh start i thought let's focus let's go forward and you know as buzz year light year says to infinity and beyond so it's pretty awesome and disney please don't sue us for that you know that's all i have to say <laughs> yeah, that's, that's yeah all exactly uh a beautiful new logo created by you sir designed by you it looks gorgeous um man that's gonna that that is just 
it exactly, pops and I'm proud to say it is available today on our T Public store, so you can get T-shirts, bags, awesome. everything. Judy's already asked for it on the tote bag, so you know, so <laughs> you know, look for it, folks. We're it's going to be everywhere. We're going to have new merchandise. We're going to probably be streaming, you know, new stuff out there through our T Public store. You know, new merchandise, new logos, new sayings and phrases and stuff like that we're going to have a lot of fun and you know what that's that's what's all about having fun and you know here at earth station one we have fun let's thank our guests tonight for being here keith thank you so much my friend you bet i enjoyed this it was a long good show i mean i could go for another three hours <laughs> let's not and say we did yeah right and, but we do we do have a, a little bit of an announcement to make coming very soon you have a brand new podcast that you're part of yes earth station trek looking forward to it boldly going where no podcast has gone before or actually it's a star trek podcast a lot of people have gone there before <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so it's going to be great but look for it um We'll be advertising it. We'll be talking about it. And, you know, I think you've got a great crew with, Definitely. you know, the Felt and Nerdy folks are going to be doing it with you and also Alan Seiler. So you have, you know, a great thing going. And the idea is awesome you've got an awesome crew put together. I'm looking forward to seeing where you go. Same and here. always great. Forward to it. Thanks, Mike. And Mr. Bobby Nash, you know, it's pretty darn awesome when we can get you out of the airlock. <laughs> oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, hey, what better way to start the year than hanging out with you folks? I mean, I, you know, I, this has been a lot of fun. You know, I've had a great time. I've had a great time talking with everybody, uh, geeking out and laughing. You know, it's a great way to start the, the, what, the year of Earth Station 2021. You know? But I like it. I think it's a great, yeah. great one. Wow, she should change her name to Earth Station 2021. Ooh. <laughs> another spinoff. Wait a minute. Another yeah. podcast. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. There's already a Sea Lab 2021, <laughs> so I don't know if there can be an Earth Station 2021. Anything you want to shout out about, sir? Um, just, uh, the usuals, uh, you know, check out my, my books, uh, bobbynash.com. Uh, there is a, we did start, uh, speaking of snow, uh, earlier, we, we do start the snow shorts series, uh, this particular week, the very first in the 99 cent short story eBooks coming out. Uh, the plan is to do one a month, depends on how other, cause it's not going to just be just me. I have other writers who are going to be writing snow short stories uh so hopefully as they start coming in we'll be able to do them once a month um i'm also proud to say that mike gordon will be writing one of them so it's it's starting to get very, very snowy, snowy yes in this in this office so, but we released it i'm gonna need i'm gonna need a shovel <laughs> i think we I need a shovel it. for a lot of things around here yeah. I don't know. <laughs> how do you think i clean that airlock <laughs> Um, but yeah, so they started this week and, uh, the first one is out, it's called snow flies, uh, written by me and more to come. So, uh, abrahamsnow.com is the website for all things snow. That is awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And it's always great and seeing you, you, my friend. And Ashley, Thanks for having me. it's always great to have you. It's almost like you're becoming a regular here or something. I know. I just can't find my way off the station. So sometimes I just hang out here for weeks. So it's torn, it's we're still in pandemic quarantine. So it's not like I have anywhere else to go. 
you know, you, sh- you should just say thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. You know, <laughs> no, I don't. Thanks, not, I do appreciate it. <laughs> not, not instead, oh, I don't have anywhere else to go. You know, <laughs> you know egos hey, here. You she know? she, well, she got out of bed for you today. So that's hey, something. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sitting at a real chair at a real desk. <laughs> you know. I do feel very honored about that. And it's always great having you on the, with us. It's just, you're, you're always in a great addition to whatever show you're on. If it's a movie review or just talking with you, it's always just great to have you. Oh, thank you. And my shout out I wanted to give tonight is actually just a simple thank you for all the opportunities you gave me in 2020. And I was super excited to be on my first Dragon Con panel virtually. So that was a cool milestone that I really enjoyed and got to watch some new movies that I might not have been on my radar otherwise. So thanks for all the opportunities. And I am genuinely excited about 2021. That is awesome. Well, if uh, for those people who won, if, if they thought, Man, after listening to this episode, I really want to hear Mike Ashley and Mike talk about uh, Mandalorian some more. Guess what? They're in luck. How about that? Yeah, you just ruined what you know. Next week's is going to be. <laughs> no, I didn't ruin it. You I told people. Don't worry. Mandalorian season two is next week, folks. Definitely. You know, I've already thanked Mike Gordon. And it's always his pleasure. So it's good, you know, to be here. And so it is always great to just talk to you guys. Please, we definitely would love to hear what your thoughts on 2020 were, you know, and just not go, oh, it's crap, you know. <laughs> so please write us at feedback at earthstation1.com. We definitely would love to hear from you guys. Sorry, this one took a little bit of time, but, you know, it was so worth it to be able to talk to you. It was able to talk to our friends, talk to some really great people here tonight. And, you know, as we always like to say, we couldn't be here without you. For behalf of myself, Bobby Nash, Ashley Pauls, Keith Johnson, and of course, Mr. Mike Gordon, please stay safe. Have a good 2021. And we'll see you here next time on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace. And we are done. You've been listening to the Earth Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Earth Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.